Welcome to What in the World, a project initiated by Hungry for Life International. Today's podcast is titled Ukraine Staff Trip Update, and Jess will be interviewing Jeremy and Christy. So grab your headphones, sit back, relax, and listen as we hear about what it was like visiting Ukraine. And we're back with another episode of the What in the World podcast. And today we have two extra special guests that I pulled from their offices. Jeremy and Christy are two for staff. So welcome here, guys. Thank you. They are doing a Ukraine trip update because they got home on Friday, right? Mm -hmm. So just to give a bit of context to our listeners, in October... Half, not half. Um, 11 of our staff went to Ukraine to just meet with our partners and do some distributions and get to see kind of where our money went. And I should say your money, where your money went, fellow listeners. And uh, there was always this idea that the opportunity would come up again in April or May. And then here it is. And how many of you guys went? Eight. Eight. Yeah. There was eight of us. Eight. Eight. A couple staff, couple not staff, right? Yeah. 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 We kind of banded together with some of our staff plus a few people from the Fraser Valley group who had traditionally in the past gone to Ukraine probably yearly. Yeah. Fraser Valley group. They've been one of our local partners since the, be- I would say the beginning of Hungry for Life yeah. pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. They were the first team, yeah. Sure. I think they were. Yeah. Yeah. And so we're just getting a bit of an update as they were just on the ground in Ukraine and they're going to tell us a bit of about how the country's doing, how their trip was, how Mary's doing, and all of those fun things. And it's a fun change up from getting Chad to do these updates. So, because we don't want you anymore, Chad. <laughs> we're, on to, we're on to better. I'm just kidding. Not at all. But this is a fresh perspective because Christy, when's the last time you've been out on, we're going to, I'm going to say on field. Chad hates that term. What am I going to call it? Um, when's the last time you've been on a Hungry for Life trip? Last time I was on a Hungry for Life trip was in 2010. I went to Kenya. 13. So 13 years ago. Okay. Yeah. And Jer? Uh, almost as long. I mean, I was on that trip with Christy as well, but then I did travel to Haiti in 2019. Okay. So, but yeah, it's like twice a decade, it seems. So. Yeah. And like for our listeners, tell what do you do here in the office that prevents you so much from traveling? <laughs> Uh, I mean, I take care of all the IT stuff, and so there's always things creeping up in the office that people need me for, um, overseeing website and tech stuff and SharePoint and, and all The that. building. The building, too. Yeah, that's one other side of my job, for sure. Mm-hmm. And Christy? I work in finance. I. They're both directors. They're <laughs> both being very humble right now. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so director of finance. I have a crew of people that work with me here in the office, so we keep... Our day-to-day going with our money. Yes. You don't know we're there until something goes wrong. <laughs> Same with my... These two are the heroes of the office, let me just say. So, yes, and we appreciate your sacrifice. Um, and that's prevented you from probably going on more trips as you probably wanted to. So... No, well, I must say, I, you know what? I don't mind being in the office. No? No. Okay. It's great when I get to go out, but I really love what I do here. So I'm fine to <sighs> stick around. Good. Mm-hmm. Well, let's keep you happy then. <laughs> um, okay, jumping right in. I want to know your guys, both your thoughts prior to going. What, what made this decision to go? Uh, I think for me, it was kind of interesting because I've 
the first staff trip that happened in the fall, I didn't feel like it was the right time to go or anything. And then this opportunity came up and I was still kind of on the fence. Like I was like, should I go? Should I not? Like, I feel like I was in the know uh, as to what was happening in Ukraine, just being around everyone and, and just hearing all the updates and stuff. So I was still kind of on the fence for a little bit. And then Mary was, I think she was around just prior to Christmas and there was like a staff, whole staff thing we were doing or something. And she just made the comment of her helping in Ukraine of like, why, like, how could I not help these people like mm -hmm. stay in Ukraine and help these people? And just for some reason, those words clicked in my head and I was like, okay, well, if she can stay in Ukraine and help these people, why can I not go to Ukraine and help these people? And so, so that kind of solidified decision. That, yeah. If this opportunity is here, why would I not take it? And so I'm, yeah, really, really glad I took that, that step. Cool. Um, I don't get an often get a chance to get out of the office. So any chance I get to travel, I'll take. Um, Even to and... a war-ridden country. Right? <laughs> She's that desperate. <laughs> <laughs> well, and like, we've done so much work. Like, February when the war broke out and March were a struggle. It was rough. Like, mm -hmm. we had way more money coming in than we knew what to do with. Um, we were not ready for it. Um, but... Uh, God provided, we got through it, and so then the opportunity to go and see what's being done with that money and all of that time we spent processing and balancing mm -hmm. and um, to be able to get out on the field and see that, I was like, yep, that's happening. So mm -hmm. um, to get the chance to see what's happened with all that money and all that stuff we've done on this end. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, what about expectations? What Did you have any going into it? And were they met? Let's do a little bit of a expectations versus reality. I was actually a little bit scared to go. Yeah. And not because I was worried about the war so much as like it's been so long since I traveled. I didn't want to be a burden when I was there. I wanted to be helpful. Um, try to relieve as much of Chad and Mary's burden as we can, if that makes sense. So I was more worried about like doing something stupid in the airport and getting detained or, or like that bothered me more than than anything else and so expectations were I think they were met like I just was had the expectation we'd be going and seeing what they're doing and be able to be a little bit hands-on and help out and mm -hmm. we got to do all those things so yeah I think uh, like we were prepared going into it pretty good mm -hmm. because again seeing and hearing with the stories from like the last team and what they experienced I knew it was gonna be very similar and uh, so I wasn't really nervous, even though there's always that kind of that threat looming over your head because anything could happen when it's a war mm -hmm. happening, right? Um, but still knowing that, yeah, where we are and and where we were going to be going was was safe as 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 we knew it could be. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, so I think yeah, my expectations I think were met as well, just in terms of the things we were going to be doing and seeing. Um, and the impact it was going to have on us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Christy, what was it like for you specifically? So Christy poured her, her soul into finances when the war hit, and she processed over $3 million worth of donations in that time. What was it like seeing, seeing the full circle of it? You, you basically saw somebody come up our stairs, drop off their check, you processed it, you did the transfers to Mary, um, but then you got to go and see. What was that like? I was 
so excited. It was probably like, I'm such a geek when it comes to money, but like, it really was super exciting to be able to see all of that. Like, um, there was a time when Nate's like, what are you doing? Like, cause I was so stressed out. So like for perspective, like we did as many donations in that one month as we normally would do in an entire year. So it was a lot and there was definitely a team of us um, processing, uh, which I was super grateful for, but it was, it was stressful. And our um, past director was on his way out. He was, had given notice that he was leaving. And so it all kind of fell on, on me. Um, and so, which was fine, um, but it was stressful. It was, I was not fine for a while, uh, but by God's grace, we got through it. And um, I wouldn't change it because that's all that was money coming in that's helping people there. So to be able to like go full circle and be there and watch Mary in action in the store, shopping and buying and being able to get supplies and things that people really need. And then to be able to be a part of distributing those things that we had purchased was just so cool. Like that'll that knowing that like all of that that those tears and all of that struggle like trying to make everything work um, and work better last year all come to fruition and had a purpose like I knew it had a purpose but to see it hands-on and to see what they were doing there was pretty pretty cool mm. yeah <laughs> oh it's, yeah I mean it's it's what we've kind of come to know of Mary she's just like yeah go-getter and like in a lot of different ways like she's just like right there figuring out logistics of how to make this happen and what to purchase and what we need to buy and figuring that all all at the same time and then in other times like when she's when we're like driving around or just walking around and she sees someone in need just for her like she's got like such a heart and compassion for anybody so like this we were just in the in the capital city of kiev this one day and we were just getting a coffee or whatever, and she looks over and sees this little babushka sitting there asking for money or something. And so she goes over and buys her a tea and, and just like little things like that. Like it's it, like, yeah, she's amazing. The fact that she's this whole time been like pouring into people's lives on a big scale and on a, on a little scale as well. Um, that reminded me, like I, I went on the October trip and again, we were passing, we were doing passing some shops, not in Kiev, but somewhere else, but there's a little babushka on the side selling flowers. Yeah. She bought them all. Well, <laughs> Mary bought all the flowers. They won't go home until they've sold everything yeah. that they have. So yeah. she's like, if I buy them all today, uh, they can go home now. They don't wait till the end of the day and go home with nothing or mm -hmm. have to sit all day long in the subway, whatever. She's like, if I buy them, they get to go home. Yeah. Like, just like a side of Mary I've never seen before, actually. Like, I always hear about that side of her but to see like her compassion and just her heart for everyone she passes like mm -hmm. so many people wouldn't notice them and she sees those people that are on the fringe and mm -hmm. just loves on them yeah i got a video clip from heidi who was there ahead of you guys shopping for all the oh, supplies yeah. and it, it was uh her and mary in what's the main market called again it's like the home depot Oh, Dnipro oh, or no, something? No, no. Anyways, that store. They were there. <laughs> cart after cart after cart of supplies. <laughs> like laundry soap, towels, other soap, um, like food. It just never ended. I was like, those the team has their work cut out for them. <laughs> so what were what was it like doing? Did you do distributions? I should ask. I don't even know. Yeah, we did yeah. two different ones. Okay. We did all of those supplies they bought ahead of time, and then we went shopping a second time and picked up a whack more of other supplies mm. for a different location. 
and they had already bought two um, like shovels and rakes and they actually did some like gave out some fridges and stoves um, like everything yeah like they just have such a great network to find out what people actually need rather than showing up with what we think they need yeah. and so she had this list and they are working really closely with leaders in those communities to find out who needs what and because anyone's going to take anything that's free generally like if you need if it's mm -hmm. free you're going to grab it mm -hmm. but for them to be able which is fine but for them to be able to um have an insider that knows what's needed that's going to really impact those people is mm -hmm. invaluable yeah, I think that's like a big thing is just having this network. It's not just Mary figuring out, okay, these people need this and whatever, because um, that can only take you so far. But like to be networked across like the whole country, really, with like different leaders and communities, uh, with her family, that's all spread out as well. Um, it's really cool to see how it kind of got it, kind of orchestrates all of that. Mm -hmm. um, and of course, kind of backing up and, and really the fact that Mary and Chad moved to Ukraine before the war and got their house ready and um, and and just kind of how that has all kind of worked together in this like terrible situation, but really a way to bring help to people that need it. It's mm -hmm. it's really cool to see that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, can you off the top of your head think of like a really impactful story that came out of the distributions specifically? Like, so, or not yeah. even a cool, it doesn't need to be a cool story. Just maybe one that stands out in cool your head. <laughs> yeah. Do you have a cool story? Yeah. I don't know. For me, it was like the end of that first distribution and we just given out all these packs and, and we were just about ready to go home uh, or go into our next thing. And this lady was there and she was just standing around and then she grabbed my arm and she was all like kind of, I don't know, acting kind of funny, like happy and whatever, but and I thought it was just because we gave her gave her some free stuff. And then she's took she takes me and she starts walking with me. She says, "I want to I want to give you something or whatever. Take you to my house and give you something." And I'm like, "Okay, this is so weird, but okay." <laughs> and then so Chad comes along with us, and we kind of go. She's like skipping me down. Like, the I can't send Jer by himself. Someone needs to go with him and translate. I can't speak the language. I don't know where I'm going. I'm like, watch out, Chantel. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, you reminded her of her son. Yeah, yeah. I didn't realize that at first, but that's oh, okay. That's we don't know cool. like why we didn't ask, yeah. but. But that's kind of so she's skipping you down the road. So we're going down the road, and I'm like, okay, this is kind of cool. <laughs> um, so we go around the corner, and I guess I'm ex I kind of forgot that most of these people that we're giving stuff to, I mean, their houses, they don't have a house anymore. And so, but I was not thinking of that, so I was expecting to just go to this house, and she's gonna give me something, whatever. But yeah, we we get to the around the corner here, and then she stops us and points, and like there's this empty lot where her house was, and it was blown up. Mm -hmm. And in the very kind of back corner, there's this little sort of temporary house, which is like the size of like my garden shed. And, and so she kind of is telling us the story of just the attacks and whatever, and then kind of brings us into her little tiny house, which is like so small. And then reaches over and gives me this, um, oh, she, what's Pasca. it called? Pasca, this, this like sweet bread stuff and really wants me to have it. And I'm like, no, I can't take this from you. Like you have nothing, mm. but she really wanted to gift that to me. And so that was just really touching. And I was like, just blown away the fact mm. that someone who has like nothing and just lost their house and has probably had her son maybe was killed and, and all that sort of stuff would be mm -hmm. wanting to bless me, which is just, just nuts. That's yeah. really like impactful. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, it just yeah. made me realize like how much these people have gone through and there's so much pain and yet they're still wanting to move forward and help people around them. Like, yeah, even, even the fact that they're banding together as communities to mm -hmm. 
to to help each other, like not just want to hoard things for themselves, but it's all like we can get through this together type mentality. Been since day one, hey? Like that's been their mentality. What about you? Um, on our second distribution, uh, we had we gave out a bunch of hygiene packs and things to uh, a group of widows. So they're um, moms, wives that have lost husbands, kids um, in the army to the war, right? So they came and we were able to bless them. And there was two girls that came, girls. They're probably, I think they're close to my age. And um, they're in their army gear. And I'm like... I saw the photo of that you guys posted. Yeah. yeah. And I like... Super impactful. Um, I guess they both have lost their husbands in the war. We're not sure if it was this one or the one in 2014, but either way, they're um, widows. And so they have chosen to join the army so that they can fight for their kids. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah. As a mom, how does that hit? I can't even imagine. Like you've got kids at home that you're trying to take care of, and you, this is you're choosing to, to now like quit whatever you were doing before, whether that was being at home with kids or whatever job you had before. I think the one had um, was a homemaker. She was in charge of her household and um, lost her husband, and that drastically changed things. So she's, um, it was in cool. She's. Uh, one of them was joined the army and she's in HR, I think is the equivalent okay. of what we caught. Okay. So she's in charge of like all of the like payroll and like all those kinds of things. She's like, I work at a computer and I'm like, me too. Um, <laughs> so it's kind of neat. Um, and another one um, works on, she was doing patrolling around the base. Okay. The community we're in does a lot of training with soldiers and things. So mm. her job was to patrol. And so to leave your kids at home and yeah, like what? Just like, what future do their kids have if they don't? Like, mm. losing is not an option mm. um, if you want your kids to live free. And I can't even imagine what that would look like. I have three boys, like even Tanya and Misha, like um, Mary's brother and brother-in-law and sister. Like, they've got three boys that are fighting age. Like, yeah. so the, the threat and potential of her husband and boys having to go off too. Like, I just, all of it is just, yeah, yeah, it's heavy. But... But they, they still are happy. Like, they still find hope. Mm -hmm. And I don't... Well, it's interesting to hear your guys' account of, of Ukraine. Like, I've been asking around this, the office this morning even, how is, how is the trip? And just comparing to October when we went, um, I've heard a lot about rebuilding. And I've heard a lot about, like, Chad was just mentioning you guys went to Bucha, to the Street of Death, mm -hmm. where we went. And even when we went, it was somewhat cleaned up. But he, can you describe it today? We were at the end of the street, and he's like, I think that was the street of death. He didn't even realize what street we were on. Right. Because it had been so fixed up. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's crazy. Like, the buildings, like, new siding or new roofs and new windows and... Mm -hmm. Like even the fences and things, like a lot of places we went, it was all like had been hit by shrapnel, so there's holes and everything. Yeah. And like it had all been fixed. Like you would never have known anything had happened there. That's them. Like that's the Ukrainians. Like we will rebuild. I feel like I've yeah. heard that throughout, like the, since day one, right? Well, um, and the rebuilding that they are doing in spite of not knowing what's coming. Mm -hmm. Like the war is not done. They're mm -hmm. rebuilding, but that doesn't mean that that situation could change drastically, right? right? Yeah. So for them to be, to have hope and rebuild regardless of what yeah. um, 
did anything about the people surprise you? I mean, their resilience, resiliency. I'm not sure if it surprised me or not, because I've heard that they, that that's what's happening. They're just being resilient and whatnot. But, mm -hmm. but to see that in action, I think was a different thing than just hearing it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's a weird thing of like people who are in these certain cities we went that are rebuilding yet. They don't know, you know, like you said, like if, you know, another bomb's going to come the way or not. Um, but then still the pain of people who have lost their loved ones, um, and the uncertainty of like those that are going to the front lines, mm -hmm. like that is a real threat day in and day out of either getting called up or people that are in the mm -hmm. front lines and will they make it another day? Um, yeah, it's just, it's, I don't know, the whole experience was a weird mix of like seeing cool, cool, but like, you know, good things of, of the resiliency and, and banding together, but then also the, the fact that this is not over and it's still continuing on and just the heartbreak that continues to happen day after day. It's, mm -hmm. we forget about it here, right? Like, yeah. I mean, here in the office, we hear a lot about it and we're, we're lucky that we, we get that feed, but most of the world, it's kind of been forgotten. Yeah, yeah I didn't it want to really use that has. word, but it, yeah. It really it, has. Yeah. Like, and so, I've been talking with yeah. people in my own influence since I've been back. They're like, well, it's way better now, right? And I was like, it's nothing's not changed. Same. Yeah. Nothing has changed since the war started. Um, but it's still happening. There's still terrible things happening. And mm -hmm. we just so easily forget here. Mm -hmm. And Chad was even mentioning that, like, okay, so it's been past a year now, and you know, how long can somebody sustain living in trauma, right? Like it's, it's, mm. you're not leaving this, like you're listening to air sirens and you're listening to who knows what mm -hmm. happening. And he said that um, a couple of people that we met had since passed away for, um, to when you guys went mm -hmm. just from different health health related issues or, you well, know, people you, are dying from heart attacks. Yeah. And yeah. And it's and from stress. Yeah. Yeah. So there's that whole layer of it too, right? Like how does trauma affect them as like, like physiologically, like, and so I'm sure it'll be interesting to, we're going to keep sending teams like forever probably. <laughs> and yeah. so it'll be interesting to see the layers peeled back of that. But what was it like though? Um, like how much more real did it, did it make did it make it for you guys going like we we've talked a lot about the war around here and so um but to go and see um, i'm trying to word this question right i think i wrote it down hold on um no i don't i didn't write it down but like christy you said somebody asked can i say can i say what somebody asked you you said somebody asked you is your life changed? And you're like, no, it's not changed. But can, that's kind of what I'm getting at. Like, can you explain why your life has not changed? And what is it since yeah, going? Yeah, so it was my dad. <laughs> He's like, was it like, like life changing? And I was like, I don't know how to answer that. I'm like still processing, like we just got back. But I think we talk about it so much around the office too that um, normalize isn't the right word, but you kind of get used to hearing what's been going on. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. But then to show up and see, um, to see it on like 
like life size, not just Real in a time. picture. Yeah. Yeah. And like some of the buildings that have been blown out that still have bookshelves with books on them. And um, there was one building I went into and like their pianos just sitting there or mm. a photo album of old like black and white photos. And I'm like, who left these behind that maybe mm. wants them again? Or are they ever coming back? Like yeah. so many people have left and so few have come back. And um, yeah, it's always different to walk in it, to smell it, to touch it. Like, yeah. Yep, totally agree. It's, it's, yeah, one thing to see it and hear the stories. And we're pretty close to it working in this environment like we do hear about it mm -hmm. regularly. But to be there is another thing for sure. Like, um, like walking through the buildings that have been blown up was pretty eye-opening because, mm -hmm. yeah, just like you said, there's like things that are left behind. Like I took a few pictures to remind myself constantly, like like a little doll that was just like, fallen over on this stair stairwell that was just left behind by a little girl, I'm sure, and um, dishes strewn about and just all this stuff. And it's um, kind of represents like the families and the lives that have been uh, impacted. So yeah, it's, it's very real to me now, I would say. And uh, I have a huge respect for what Mary and Mary's family and Chad and her whole family are doing. Mm in Ukraine and continue to do day by day. It's just unbelievable. Like it really only... is unbelievable. Yeah. 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 Day in and day out, like for over a year, like yeah. that's just, they need lots of prayer mm -hmm. They're They've gone from like a sprint to a marathon. And I just saw like how tired they are. Mm -hmm. Like they, they're still moving at mock speed because that's what they do. Mm -hmm. um, and people need help. But how do you slow down when you need to slow down when there's so much need around you and you get tired? So, mm -hmm. yeah. But yeah, there's many, many layers to that for sure. And how are Tanya and Misha doing? I'm tired. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it was life giving for them for us to come and uh just be with them but also like i mean we didn't I think thought about it at the time but we were just helping clean up and do the dishes and all that mm -hmm. and she was commenting on on the fact that like she doesn't have to do all that when we're here and she was so thankful for that mm -hmm. like that we just kind of moved in and made ourselves at home yeah, yeah. like which was partially the goal we didn't want to go and yeah. be more work for her mm -hmm. i mean there is more work um gen like can't help but having eight extra people in your house there's going to be other stuff but like trying to do our best to be a blessing and not a burden and just take care of stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They're amazing people. It was really cool to see them in Did real you meet life. the boys? Yeah. 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 They make they're, me laugh. They, they, uh, they made me laugh too. They're, they're quite funny. Yeah. But their spirits are very high. Yes. Yeah. For, well, like, yeah. we obviously don't see the other side of that being there just for a glimpse. But when we were there, their spirits were very high. Mm. So. Yeah. But, um... Okay, hardest part and best part. Like, I don't know if it's one specific thing with the hardest part, but seeing all the destruction in people's lives that have been lost and, and turned around, turned inside out, like, and the amount of it, like, it's yeah. not just like one little area, it's like everywhere. everywhere. Mm -hmm. And you have like one apartment building that's been blown out. And there's how many apartments that affects like how many families and mm -hmm. families' lives in that one building. And then there's mm -hmm. yeah. dozens and dozens and dozens of buildings. 
just that we saw. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, question. Did you guys go, I think it was Airpin. Did you go to Airpin? Yeah. Was Airpin? Um, did, was there the lady sitting across from the blown up building? No, she was not there when we were there. Okay. That's the one that they wouldn't let them out. Yeah. Um, the building's gone. They've torn it down. Oh. So they're gonna, they wanted to keep it as a memorial, I guess, the story goes. Um, but the community didn't want the reminder, so they've torn it down. Fair so. enough. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so that was the hardest part for you, was um, just like the sights and the scene. What about you? I think hearing people's stories firsthand. Yeah. Like, any new stories, like, and just realizing the weight of what this war has done. Like, it, there's no one there that hasn't experienced mm -hmm. a one. There's no one that hasn't experienced some sort of trauma. Mm -hmm. And so just the weight of, I know God's bigger than all of it, but like the weight of what, what they need to still overcome eventually. Like, mm -hmm. let's say the war ended tomorrow. What does that mean? Like, they have to like, through so much. Like, and so their mental health and like, mm -hmm. yeah, just like what they still have to go through. What about the, I don't want to call it the best part, but I don't have another word. So what was the best part? Um, just knowing that I think us being there, it was just a really small thing that we could do, but that that was helpful to and encouraging to the people that, that we're working with there and that we met. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, we heard that kind of time and time again, that we're just so thankful that you came and that we have we can share with you and that type of thing mm. um, um, in, in this situation and how all these different things kind of work to, are working together mm -hmm. to bring aid to so many people. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, like we were one of the first organizations to be giving aid to people in the first few days and weeks. And that just blows me away because we're a pretty small organization overall. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Yeah. You know what, the first thing that honestly came to mind was like the country itself. It is beautiful. It is. It is so beautiful. Yeah. I don't know what I thought it was going to look like, um, but I didn't do any kind of research or look at all. Like I just hear these stories about the people, but like the land is like, I kind of felt like I grew up in Saskatchewan. I grew up in the prairies, mm. wide open skies, like great sunsets. And like, it just was so beautiful, mm -hmm. regardless of like everything else going on. Like it was definitely, just really need to see a new part of the world. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's not very deep or anything, no. but like I definitely, the first thing that comes to, to mind, yeah. I was the land, like, and then the mount, like the mountains, the mountains are like miniature compared to ours. Yeah. So that's not what I was expecting when they said mountains, um, but like just beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And even like the hospitality of everyone, like, even the soldiers, when we get to checkpoints or whatever, like so friendly, always smiling and mm -hmm. waving and just not what I expected from anyone in the army. Like I go across the border to the U.S. and I'm terrified of all the police <laughs> that I run into because they're just like not always very nice. Um, but there, like everyone was just so friendly and ex I think excited too, like that there's people there to help and that they're not alone. Mm. Mm -hmm. Right. Cool. Well, is there anything else about the trip you wanted to add as a whole? Um, 
Well, the good news is I did not break their espresso machine like we thought I did. Oh, <laughs> I helped. Mary has a very fancy espresso machine. So we yeah, were was... we broke Tanya's. Oh, we broke... tried to break Tanya's. Yeah, but then we fixed it, so it's all good. Okay. Yes, so they That's can continue news. on with their caffeine to get through the day. Yeah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> cool. Okay, well, hey, thanks for coming and giving an update. Mm -hmm. Appreciate it. Thanks for having mm -hmm. Oh, maybe one thing to add yeah. is like... If you're thinking about giving, do. Mm. There is still so much work to be done there. And because it's out of the news, funds definitely have slowed down. Um, and uh, so if God's put it on your heart to give, do. They need it. They need the, the help to rebuild and to start again. And yeah. Yes. Thanks for that reminder. Mm -hmm. There it is. You can donate at hungerforlife.org slash donate. There we go. Right? Yes. Or call so. Christy. Yes. Or call Christy. <laughs> Should I give you her personal phone number no. right now? No. no. <laughs> okay. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to What in the World, where we seek to educate and inspire. Here at Hungry for Life, we are passionate about your group having a global impact in eradicating needless suffering. For more information, head over to our website at hungryforlife.org. And you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and wherever you may listen to podcasts. Tune in every other week for another conversation about what is happening at Hungry for Life.